You are listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Stay tuned for the Heartland Labor Forum, radio that talks back to the boss. Welcome to the Heartland Labor Forum, a weekly show of news, information, and commentary by and for the working people of Kansas City. This show is produced by a team of volunteers from a broad range of workplaces and unions. The views expressed on the Heartland Labor Forum are ours and not necessarily those of KKFI or any unions involved. And welcome to the Heartland Labor Forum. I'm Stephen Hill, in for Judy Ansel. It's November 24th, 2022, and tonight's show is being underwritten by Pipefitters Local 533 and Teamsters Joint Council 56. At Pipefitters Local 533, being the best in the industry is earned. Our craftsmanship, brotherhood, training, and job safety make the difference. Building and buying union creates better wages and living standards for all working families. And the Teamsters Joint Council 56 and our nine local unions represent 30,000 workers, retirees, and their families in western Missouri, Kansas, and Nebraska. We are proud to support the Heartland Labor Forum and their commitment to give working families a voice in the greater Kansas City community. The Heartland Labor Forum and KKFI thank our underwriters for their support. On tonight's show, the Kansas City labor community lost Herb Johnson over a year ago on October 18, 2021. On this Thanksgiving, the Heartland Labor Forum will remember Herb's life and honor him by replaying the memorial we did after he died. Herb was a nonstop fighter for the rights of working people from his early days, with the machinists at TWA to his years as Sec- Secretary Treasurer of the Missouri AFL-CIO to his last role building the Alliance for Retired Americans. In the news, how big will the Black Friday Amazon strikes be around the world? And we'll be remembering historian, lawyer, and activist Stoughton Lind, who died last week. And now for the news. This is the news from our side, November 24th, 2022. Marcus Barnett, associate editor of the UK's Tribune, writes that in Britain today, anyone asking a worker about the direction the country is headed will probably get an answer we cannot read over the air. They've had three prime ministers in less than a year. Energy bills are up 96% since last winter, and rent is up 20%. 
Inflation is higher than in the U.S. and escalating. Britain's Trade Union Congress, the TUC, found that this year British workers earned £60, or $70, less per month in real wages in 2021 than at the start of the financial crisis in 2008. This is the longest wage slump since the early 19th century. CEO pay is up 23%, plus generous bonuses while workers are getting small increases. No surprise, there's a strike wave. Telephone and internet and postal workers voted in large numbers to strike. So did the 40,000 rail workers of the RMT. Their fight against pay cuts and layoffs has been given a great boost by Mike Lynch, the union's unpretentious and quick-witted general secretary. Lynch called a Tory member a parliament in par- of Parliament a liar 15 times in three minutes and told a House of Lords member saying, I don't even know who you are. There have been strike votes by 70,000 university and college union members and 100,000 civil servants belonging to the Public and Commercial Services Union. Most dramatically, the 465,000 nurses in the largest nurses' union in the world have voted to strike for the first time ever. The response of the ruling right-wing Tories has been typical pig-headedness. Instead of addressing the causes of discontent, they want to further curtail the power of the unions. Nor is the so-called Labor Party any help to the unions despite unions rising popularity. Dot LA reports that on Black Friday, that's tomorrow, Amazon workers in many parts of the world will strike. Demands include a $10 per hour raise, safer working conditions, better treatment of workplace injuries, and the right to form a union without retaliation. In some places, strikers are being supported by environmental groups concerned about Amazon's contribution to climate change. Make Amazon pay. The consortium spans 22 countries and will stage strikes in Italy and France. Garment workers protest in Cambodia and Bangladesh, as, as well as protests across the U.S. Greenpeace, Oxfam, the Sunrise Movement, and the Tech Workers Co- Coalition are among the groups behind Make, make Amazon Pay. Protests and other actions are slated this week in Canada, Brazil, Argentina, Ireland, the UK, Spain, Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Poland, Slovakia, Austria, Turkey, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and India. The Missouri Workers Center has joined in support of the Amazon workers at the SCL8 Fulfillment Center, 4000 Premier Parkway, St. Peter's, Missouri, uh, 63376. They called for a rally in support of Amazon workers at 1.30 p.m. Friday, November 25th, at the the same center that I just uh, aforementioned. This this week, railway workers moved closer to a strike against as the largest rail union narrowly voted down the contract settlement pushed on them by the rail carriers and President Biden's national rail mediators. This time, it was a conduct it was a conductor's members of, of Smart who voted no on the contract. Workers are now waiting for the results 
of the vote by the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers, the second largest union after SMART, and the 12th member consortium of workers. Rail workers are not the only ones rebelling against overwork, worker shortage, shortages, and no time off. Airline pilots are fed up too. Labor Notes reports that airline labor is at a breaking point. The country's four largest airlines are facing pilot labor conflict, conflicts, all centering on the mismanagement pandemic recovery. The pilots have three unions, and all are pro- protesting grueling schedules. They say overwork has depleted their home lives while inflation eats into their paychecks. Delta, United, American, and Southwest pilots have all either voted to strike or have rejected contract offers. However, they are under the same law as rail workers, and it's a long process to even get, get to the right to strike. Stoughton Lind died last week. He was 92. Lind was a historian, attorney, pacifist, conscientious objector to war, and lifelong advocate for the working class. He did many meaningful things in his life, but we will note two things here. First, his utter devotion to history from the bottom up, recognizing the role of farmers and workers in U.S. history. For example, his writing on the American Revolution tells the stories of what he called the revolution from within, the struggle of working folk against rule by elites, be they the English or wealthy colonial planters, landlords, and merchants. These farmers and laborers, as well as slaves, joined the revolution or didn't on the basis of their class interests in the American colonies. Also, Stoutenland and Alice Lynn's book, Rank and File, Personal Histories of Working Class Organizers, which chronicled the contributions of radicals, often communists, in building the CIO in the 1930s, showing how much the mass strikes and organizing were a bottom-up affair. Second, Lynn's role primarily as a labor lawyer and activist in Youngstown, Ohio, in the face of deindustrialization and the closing of the steel mills in the 1970s and 80s. Lind and a number of unions first tried to stop the closing of the mills and then fought for an alternative of worker community ownership in steel, which ultimately failed. If you've never read Rank and File, you've missed an opportunity to be inspired by the great contributions of the American working class. And that's the news for, from our side. It was read tonight by Aaron Blockman, and I'm Stephen Hill. Uh, hey now, you better listen to me, every one of you. We've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. Forget about your women and that water can. Today you're working for the man.
Judy Morgan, President Emeritus of the American Federation of Teachers, Local 691 in Missouri, former Missouri State Rep for the 24th District. I'll be co-hosting this show this evening with Tom Gepkin, President of the Communication Workers of America, Local 6360. The labor community did experience an immense loss on October 18, 2021, when our beloved friend Herb Johnson passed away at the age of 78. A highly respected union leader, Herb Johnson was a member of the former Machinist Lodge 1650 in Kansas City. He held many positions in that local, including president. From 1997 to 2013, Herb served as secretary-treasurer of the Missouri AFL-CIO. In that position, Herb successfully lobbied the legislature for pro-labor legislation and against anti-union bills like the so-called right to work. In the 1970s, Herb was one of the driving forces behind the formation of the Right to Truth Labor Media Breakfast, which fostered a, fostered a positive relationship between labor media and unions in the Kansas City area. Even after he retired in 2013, Herb continued his dedication to the union cause as vice president of the Missouri Alliance for Retired Americans. Herb leaves behind his loving wife, Rosalind, five children, 12 grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren. Tonight, we pay tribute to Herb Johnson, a man who selflessly and tirelessly dedicated his life to his union brothers and sisters and all working families and their friends. On tonight's show, we'll hear from a wide range of Herb's friends and colleagues. We have Gordon Clark, Mike Lewis, John Boyd, Becky Caper, Bill Finkel, Judy Ansel, and Judy Morgan. These friends will provide stories they remember of their time with Herb, beginning with the early years to the things he did in retirement. He was truly union his whole life. And this summer during... Uh, History Month or Labor History Month, I asked Herb to give a two-minute uh, talk on the TWA history. If you can know Herb, two minutes was pretty tough to do, but we were able to do it, and so we're going to listen to that, and then we'll get things started. This labor history segment has been brought to you by the Heartland Labor Forum and KKFI. On tonight's Labor Minute, past Secretary-Treasurer of the Missouri AFL-CIO and past President of Machinist Local 1650, Herb Johnson, will share with us Kansas City's aviation history. Thank you, Tom. Well, Kansas City has a place in aviation history because of TWA, our hometown airline that was founded here in 1925, an airline that grew up to be Kansas City's largest private employer in the 1970s and 80s. TWA was owned, as many know, by Howard Hughes, uh, the industrialist, for many years. Many innovative things took place during his ownership. He was finally forced out of ownership of the carrier in the 1960s, right after the jet age had begun with the 707 and so on and so forth. And then came diversification with the success of the carrier. They created a holding company called TWC, where they acquired many other companies. They also acquired at that same time management that did not have an airline background. That was not good for business of the airline. In any case, at the same time, deregulation come along very shortly thereafter, and that, of course, put all of the legacy carriers in difficulty of trying to compete with new, cheap competitors, upstart airlines that caused the mergers, the bankruptcies, and the takeovers, eventually leading to, in our case, icon dismemberment 
and finally the ESOP or the employee stock option effort to rebuild the carrier. It ended in 2001 with the merger with American Airlines, our historical competitor. There's more information like this at the History Museum located at 10 Richards Road at the north end of the Buck O'Neill Bridge. It's a fascinating history of Kansas City and the airline industry. This labor history segment has been brought to you by the Heartland Labor Forum and KKFI. Uh, the first person who will pay tribute to Herb tonight is Gordon Clark. Gordon and I go back a long ways. We were local presidents of our unions together for a number of years, and we had many wonderful experiences together working on behalf of our members. Gordon knew Herb when Herb uh, served as president of the Machinist Local 1650, and they both went through the Eastern Airlines strike together in 1989. Gordon's going to tell us about his experiences with Herb as a member of the uh, his local union. Hi, Gordon. Welcome to Heartland Labor Forum. Hi, Judy. Thanks uh, so much for having me. Um, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Just we, we just want to hear about Herb and his early days in the union and that strike and, and, and what he meant to you. Yeah, well, um, I, I, can't, I worked, started working for TWA in 1986, and so it took me a couple years to really understand the union and what was going on. My dad was a steel worker and a IAM member for Honeywell, and uh, so I was familiar with unions, but Herb and Keith, his vice president, uh, really took me under their wing uh, early on, and I became a union steward in 1990, so 89 was my first real experience with uh, labor strife and understanding what uh, you know what it was all about and the leadership that it took to uh, to get us uh, in those kind of situations so Herb and Keith both were very instrumental in uh, driving the Eastern strike and the and the all the perils that went along with that so the story that I wanted to tell everyone was uh, in 89 we were all walking picket at the airport at kansas city international and uh herb had a bullhorn and was really you know had the crowd riled up we were really doing our best to support the eastern uh folks and all the things that they were going to going through and the ultimate demise of the airline but herb had a bullhorn and some for some reason and somehow uh, airplane, uh, an Eastern airplane was coming into the terminal and somebody said there's a bomb on the airplane. And so Herb with the bullhorn started, uh, you know, just carrying that theme on. Well, the police officers and people there really got uh, disturbed by that. So they arrested Herb. And uh, before anybody could do anything, they, they had him in the paddy wagon and hauled off to jail. And so uh, what I found out uh, here in the last few days in my investigation is he spent the night in jail in general population and actually to get through uh, the morning until the lawyers could get him bailed out, uh, he sacrificed his breakfast to one of the inmates there that he thought was a uh, good idea to uh, help him, uh, you know, get through the morning and get out of jail. So. Uh, her was an exceptional leader and a passionate leader and he instilled 
those kind of things in me and my career and what I uh, ultimately ended up uh, doing with uh, the transport workers and local 530. And uh, the, the, you know, one of the biggest things I think uh, with union leaders, if you don't have the support of the membership, uh, you're, you're not, you're not going to get very far, but with uh, over 6,000 members uh, in the early 70s and the early 80s at, at TWA at the overhaul base, Herb had uh, exceptional uh, and unconditional support from the membership. And if there was ever anything that came uh, down the line that we needed to support and uh, back up what was going on at the overhaul base, we knew Herb was a good leader and he took care of the membership uh, like nobody I've seen since. And he was uh, an exceptional, passionate leader, like I said, and people really uh, appreciated that. And I, I tried to carry that on when I became president. And, uh, you know, we, we really uh, suffered through some of the toughest times in the airline industry after deregulation and it was always about concessions. It was giving up benefits. It was the airline is in, in peril. And we were still experiencing all that today. And uh, uh, this is the first contract uh, uh, last year that I felt like I really got um, a substantial increase in pay. So the difficulties that we went through and the strife we had with uh, with management and TWA over the years from Howard Hughes right up mm. to, uh, you know, when American took over, it took tremendous leadership. And I can't uh, express how how important that is in the labor movement to have a, a leader like Herb was. And uh, so the, the when the when uh, when American took over, uh, Herb was still active and retired and, and then subsequently retired, but he left me with a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh, great experience to carry on and, and take care of the members as we went through all the uh, perils of uh, closing down the overhaul base and subsequently becoming uh, American Airlines. Gordon, thanks so much. I had never heard that story about Herb going to jail and giving up his breakfast for uh, another person who is in there with him. But that sounds just like the Herb we all know and love, because it wasn't just his union friends. He, he wanted to take care of everybody. So th thank you so much. Uh, you're listening to the Heartland Labor Forum, and tonight we're paying a tribute to our good friend Herb Johnson. Uh, next, we're going to talk to Mike Lewis. He's the recently retired president of the Missouri AFL-CIO, a leader who successfully fought the uh, right to work right to work uh, in Missouri in 2018. And he spent uh, time with Herb at, when Herb was secretary treasurer of the Missouri AFL-CIO. And Mike's going to talk to us about Herb's time. Uh, he spent quite a bit of time there, and Herb and uh, Mike's going to talk to us about that. Thanks, Judy, and uh, it's good to uh, see and hear everybody, my friends uh, that I haven't seen in a while. Um, yeah, Herb, Herb was just a genuine uh, gentleman when he had to be, 
and he was a genuine pain to legislators <laughs> when he had to be. There, there's no question about that. Um, yeah, I met first met her back at Missouri State Council meetings for strictly for the machinist union. We were both uh, uh, delegates from our locals to to there, and um, when we attend the state council meetings, we would our job was to lobby on certain issues. And Herb thought that was the biggest waste of GD time that he had uh, ever spent because lobbying in those days simply meant we're going to go visit our friends because our friends were in the majority of everything. So we'd go to uh, um, possibly uh, floor leader Pat Hickey's office or anywhere we knew there was beer, Herb, that's true, <laughs> go visit and, and throw back a few cold ones. But when when things change and herb herb was herb was then uh became the secretary treasurer of the missouri state council and it was his duty to to make sure the operations of union um lobbying was, ran smoothly and we were doing our jobs um under herb um we saw major changes. We saw changes from the first the Senate, we lost the Senate to uh, some unfriendlies and, and we no longer had the majority there, which Herb predicted. And then in 2002, uh, things really went to hell in a handbasket. We lost the, uh, the House as well. And uh, we were running out of friends and luckily we had uh, Governor Jay Nixon around for, for a few more years to help us, which by the way, one of his appointments to uh, to a court uh, today uh, or yesterday, I, I don't know. I'm retired. I get my days. <laughs> but, uh, I know the, what you mean. <laughs> a, a, yeah, a, a judge uh, ruled that uh, the new right to work language that's trying to be put on the ballot by a group of outsiders outside of Missouri. Everybody seems to know what's best for us, except us, I guess. But uh, one of Jay's uh, appointments to a judge uh, found that the uh, language was unacceptable, rewrote the language, which is a little more fair and a little more easy to understand. So, you know, those were important days and Herb had a handle um, in all of that. And sometimes, you know, having a handle on things is, different than having a uh, a handle to stir the pot with is that's one of uh one of herb's sayings you know it's, it's better to have a handle uh, that people listen to instead of one that just constantly stirs so he um he he was a pleasure to work with um the you know we would get into situations where there were uh, conflicts between unions on certain legislation and you know the same thing wasn't as important as important to every single union, the building trades, the industrial unions, the teachers union, um, the service employees. The list goes on and on of how there could be major differences in what you thought was important to you. And and Herb did one hell of a job of prioritizing legislation and, and working hard to keep everybody happy. Um, and and that wasn't that was probably one of the things that, that about the job as secretary treasurer that that herb had and uh and when i took over as secretary treasurer um and, and tried to follow in his footsteps and i i gotta admit i only tried i i never got to where he got he uh he knew when to uh just say uncle and he knew when to 
um, when to keep fighting and hold on to a bone like a bulldog. And he would do that. There's no question about it. And he also knew when it was time to call the lawyers. And I know you're going to hear from uh, one of our best lawyers that the guy has ever had shortly. But, and I think he will concur that uh, Herb was just one hell of a fighter for uh, for the working people of the state of Missouri, not just the union people, but for all working people. You know, I appreciate, Mike, what you said about Herb when uh, the House and Senate changed from Democratic control to Republican control. And I remember he told me that it just about killed him, but he knew he'd have to work across the aisle now. And and you're right, he did it. It wasn't something he necessarily wanted to do, but he knew it was best for his members. And so he did that. So. I really appreciated you talking about that. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was one. That, that was one of probably the things he hated most was right. having to walk in <laughs> and beg for something from from people who didn't didn't care about working people. Right. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and take a little break and have a public service announcement, and then we'll be back with uh, our lawyer friend. All aboard for night train. Everyone is welcome on the night train on KKFI. Every Monday morning, 2 to 5 a.m. or on the archive at kkfi.org. The best of soul, funk, blues, jazz, gospel, African, Jamaican, and even East Indian. The night train, it's a trip on KKFI. Play KKFI. That's all you have to tell your smart speaker to get the news, views, and music you love. KKFI can be wherever you are. We're listening to a tribute to labor leader Herb Johnson, who died last year. Our hosts are Tom Gebkin and Judy Morgan. Judy is introducing attorney John Boyd with his memories of Herb. Attorney with Boyd. Kenter, Thomas, and Parrish. He's a great friend to labor. And John is going to share uh, a few stories about Herb. He said he might be, there might be some he might not share, but he will share some others that are okay for radio. So <laughs> thank you, John. <laughs> thank you, Judy. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, and certainly it's uh, wonderful to see uh, everyone's faces, even if it is by Zoom. Um, Herb uh, taught lessons whether he intended to or not. To amplify on what Gordon said about the arrest, my first law partner did a lot of work for the machinists uh, 1650 and introduced me to Herb and said, you'll meet a lot of labor lawyers, or rather labor leaders over your career, but you're gonna have to look long and hard to find one as good as this man. He's willing to go to jail for his membership. So he taught me a lesson the first time I met him. The second lesson, uh, many of you know that Herb was a Chiefs fan. He was a diehard fan. He would sit out in Arrowhead when it was cold, snowy, and he might be the only person in the upper deck. They would close the upper deck and move them down. <laughs> Um, and through thick and thin, there was her. But we had a, a bet that I lost, and so I arranged, um, because of we represent the, the NFL Players Union, I arranged to get Herb down on the field uh, before the game started. And so we had a great time. Herb was grinning from ear to ear, and he saw players. He engaged some. He got to talk briefly to Marty. Um, 
and he was really enjoying himself. Well, it was time for us to leave, and so we were being escorted through a tunnel in which the cheerleaders were getting ready. They were stretching, tucking, crimping, and whatever it is that they do, and uh, suddenly I, I was walking ahead of Herb instead of beside him, and he was kind of dawdling along, and he whispered, walk slowly. And I had an old 35 millimeter camera and he says, start taking pictures. So I started with this thing draped around my neck and it's going click, click, click. Well, that finally gave us away and our escort came back for us and had us removed. <laughs> I think it was the third quarter before that grin on Herb's face eased away. Uh, lesson learned was take advantage of your opportunities. Uh, the second one, uh, or the other lesson was... Uh, we were in San Francisco. Herb and Roz were there with hundreds of labor leaders from across the country for a meeting a few days before the annual meeting of the American Legislative Exchange Council. And I was there for a National Trial Lawyers Convention, and I was an officer in that group. So a few of us got together with Herb and some of the other labor leaders for a pub crawl. And their money wasn't good that night apparently and so we treated them and so the next day herb invites us to join him and several of our my uh, lawyer colleagues for a cocktail reception it was a nice little thank you well after uh, consuming some cocktails near the close of that function he invited us to join his group for dinner and drinks at an exclusive italian restaurant where they had reservations then i asked him well how many of my colleagues do you suggest that i invite <laughs> And Herb said, as many as they can show up. So what started for a reservation of about 20 or 25 labor leaders and spouses turned into a group of over 50 at the door of the restaurant. The Mater D was impeccably dressed in his tux, and when he saw uh, the size of our group, the frown on his face as he began talking with Herb indicated that there was indeed a problem. As it developed, Herb and the state fed presidents that were with him from Nebraska and North Dakota engaged this Mater D in a heated exchange. Uh, this Mater D may have been five feet tall and he was waving his arms in a no way message. So Herb was embarrassed and he retreated and he told me what was going on. I asked him if he'd mind if I'd speak with that Mater D alone and I did. And when I shook the Mater D's hand with a folded picture of a former um, Civil War veteran general who is also a president uh, strangely he snapped his fingers and we all we all um, uh, got seated so we had a great night uh, Roz uh, was able to make the order the meal was terrific and the bill was presented and Herb <laughs> said um, John uh, Huey uh, who is uh, Hugh McVeigh will kill me if I turn this bill in Will you bail me out? <laughs> so three of us lawyers picked up the tab for over 50-some people. Wine, alcohol, food. So the lesson learned, don't accept the dinner invitation from Herb without asking first if you or Mike Lewis had okayed it. I really love the man. He was a, a great loss uh, to our community. And uh, uh, I'm sad. Yeah, and it, it was always hard, hard to say no to Herb, wasn't it, John? <laughs> uh, it was rare that we did. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Thank you so much. Tom's well, going to take over now. And 
Next up to discuss is Becky Caper. She is the office manager of the Kansas City AFL-CIO, and she is what makes everything work here in Kansas City. So, Becky, take it away. <laughs> Herb, oh, my gosh. And thank you for the compliment, Tom. I'm at a loss for words, but listening to John and Mike and, and Gordon is all of the reasons why when I was presented with helping with the ARA here on the Kansas City side that I said yes. Um, had I known what it was really going to entail, a few trips to Jeff City with Herb and Bill Finkel, no less. And um, there was a couple of times that, you know, I, I did. I learned a lot from Herb. He took and he embraced me, or as Gordon said, he took me under his wing. Herb always told me there is no stupid question. There is no stupid action. You just... You roll with what you feel. Hey, Becky, uh, for our audience, you had said ARA. Would you tell our audience what the ARA is? Excuse me. That's the Alliance for Retired Americans. And um, I was very instrumental in helping. And I will continue that role if I am still um, able and asked to do so here on the Kansas City side. But Herb was very, um, he and I would be on the same page. We did some mailers he needed some contacts he always asked um my opinion which to me is a great honor to have a man that i felt was so much more powerful and knowledgeable and um engaged than i was but he never made me feel i'm less than anyone else in the room I guess is that what I'm trying to say? Um, uh, Herb was never shy to invite me to do anything. Rather, you know, it was knocking doors. It was um, learning the facts behind the fight and knowing. And that, to me, was huge. And it's made me who I am and made me appreciate a lot more about where we've been and where we've come from. Yeah, along Um, those lines, uh, Herb was more than willing to share his knowledge and the way that he presented it, it was you wanted to know more. Absolutely. And there was times when he probably told me things that I'm like, whoa, this just is over my head. But it was, it was a wealth of knowledge that I've never, and I will continue to never, cease to absorb. Because it's that important. You have to know where you came from when you're trying to get somewhere. And if you can't get to the root of it, and that's something that Herb was very, very, very good at. Well, well, thank you, Becky. Thanks for that contribution. Uh, just another example of how Herb uh, helped people everywhere, everywhere he turned. Absolutely. Uh, next up is Bill Finkel. He is uh, Alliance for Retired Americans. 
he knew Herb in the retirement stage and knew he made, they would go to the 40 Club, sit at the same table, enjoy fried chicken. And so, Herb, take it away. I'm on the air, I take it? Yes, sir. Well, you know, uh, and I don't want to get emotional or teary-eyed because I'm still... I'm still shook up over this, believe me, and my wife knows that, too. I mean, uh, I went that Monday and got the Slacker Award from the Fox, and then I heard what happened. But I think so much how much I love that guy. And I'll never forget when we uh, we used to, I used to drive him, and he'd knock doors, <laughs> And, and believe me, he was he was great about that. And we were known as Fat Man and Robin. And we would go to uh, any different neighborhoods on Proposition A and then for, for candidates. And we went out and met Brian Simmons out at 36 and Broadway. And uh, we went in there to get some stuff for Proposition A. And uh, Brian says, uh, do you guys have the minivan? And Herb says... Well, no, we got Bill's pickup truck because <laughs> we, did, we didn't know what the minivan was. And uh, we would we would knock doors. Uh, he, he was remarkable. And talking about fried chicken, <laughs> I'll never forget in the Jefferson City Airport, he loved that fried chicken. It was all you could eat for about nine or ten bucks. And yeah. Becky remembers this. And... Uh, the last time we were there, we had a waitress, and it was getting close to closing time, and she had uh, red red hair, and uh, Herb, Herb could eat nine pieces of fried chicken. And he kept saying, hey, Red, more chicken. Hey, Red, more chicken. <laughs> and finally she come over, and she said her name was not Red, and she said, uh, the kitchen's shutting down. There's no more chicken. But uh, God knows how much uh, it was working with him. And just, you know, I had uh, Sherry Cheney and I had Gerald Randall as mentors. But he he topped the cake. Uh, what you could, you could listen to him. Yeah, and I say this about people. He was like E.F. Hutton. You listened. You listened to what that man said, and I'll never, never forget all the stuff that he uh, that I learned from him. But I, I really, uh, I miss him very much. But uh, and I know I'm getting emotional now. But uh, that's 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 what I think about. He 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 was one of the greatest about uh, working people and helping families and stuff like that. So that's 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 my great memories of him. And I talked to Brian Simmons about that last Saturday. I had Friday, I had lunch with him. He was here in town and we talked about Herb. And uh, Lord, how we miss him. Yes, sir. He, he probably can't be replaced. No. Well, thank you, Herb. Sure appreciate or thank you, Bill. Sure appreciate what you have to say. Uh, we have about seven minutes, six and a half minutes left, so I'm going to turn this over to the two Judys. Okay, so it's uh, the Judy and Judy show again. 
<laughs> Judy A and Judy M. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I got a text uh, from Scott Mackey, uh, who's with the Mail Handlers Union, and he said, I knew Herb Johnson from the Labor Media Breakfast. I, sh- I showed up not hardly knowing anybody. He was always very encouraging. Such a nice guy. And that's true. And let me say something about the Labor Media Breakfast because Herb was an absolute regular there. He totally believed that labor needed to search out and develop relationships with the media. Otherwise, we were going to get a bad rap. And both Herb and Keith uh, Nelson were very, very important in keeping the Labor Media Breakfast going to this day. It started, oh my gosh, before I became a labor educator, which was 1989. It was already going. It was called the Right to Truth Committee, and it's still going on. And it helped really develop much better relations with the media in Kansas City and much better coverage as a result. So um, I knew Herb first because he was on the advisory board for the Institute for Labor Studies, and he was a big supporter of labor education, and I really treasured that always in him. He knew he wasn't afraid of education. You know, some union leaders are afraid of education. They think, you know, educate a member and he's going to run against me. Herb never had that fear. Herb always supported getting more money for the program. And uh, so I really appreciated that about him. And, you know, I'll turn it over to you, Judy. And uh, you want to share some memories, too? Sure. Um, I could keep going, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, if I, if I have any time left, you can take it. I will defer to you. Um, I met Herb when I was president of uh, the AFT Local 691, and we were heading into a terrible situation in the legislature where the, they were trying to take the Kansas City School District over. And... Um, the, our union was opposed to it. The school district was opposed to it. And it really was a very tough situation. And it was very much nip and tuck the entire session. But Herb was always there. And he supported me through that. And what Mike said about sometimes there were conflicting interests of unions, I think Herb decided that even if maybe some other unions might not have been on our side, he was going to be with the teachers because he really, really cared about teachers. So I really appreciated that about Herb. And and then also, I want to say this, um, Herb just cared so much about others. And this... I was I was on the Alliance for Retired Americans with him recently and just just had started as a member of the board there. I think we're having a little technical difficulty we're trying to get through here. But anyway, I uh Herb was trying to organize a meeting a meeting of the local Kansas City community uh, on of the Alliance for Retired Americans, those of us who were on the board. And we'd gotten a text from him that morning, uh, the morning he passed away. He texted us and said he'd like to get together for a meeting. He was always cared about everybody. And I talked to his wife, and he went out for a walk after that text, and that's when he passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was like Herb was actually doing the union work, fighting for families, labor people, until right before he passed away. So that just, to me, says everything about Herb and how much he cared about all of us. And and like many of you have said, I'm, I'm sad. And um, some of you know I lost my husband about a, a year ago. And, you know, he was a great guy and Herb was a great guy. And just, um, I'm, I, it's just been a, a tough year. And Herb will be very much missed. So, Judy, if you want to add something else. Yeah, um What I want to add was that I think Herb as a union leader was a really great tactician. And uh, we just played last week the uh, show we did with Herb and Gordon about the demise of the TWA maintenance base 
and the American takeover. It was done right at the closing when Gordon was about to go to Dallas uh, to work for American and, uh, you know, what had been an employer of about six to 7,000 people at one time, you know, uh, closed and, and those jobs were no more. IAM 1650 was one of the really great unions in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, the solidarity that they had in that union, the union culture of really standing up for each other and fighting back against the corporate yep. raiders, namely Carl Icahn, who destroyed TWA, was, was really awesome. And as a, as a union leader, Herb uh, was just a great tactician. Uh, he told a story on that show about early on uh, when, uh, in the late 60s when they had a strike during a work-to-rule campaign. You know, unions have pretty much forgotten about work-to-rule campaigns over the last 20, 30 years and how powerful they are as far as putting pressure on management. To, uh, and this was a fight in order to get pensions. And they won it by not striking outside, they struck inside. And then again against Carol Icahn, they did the same thing, essentially, in order to try to stop the destruction of TWA. And Herb and with him Keith Nelson were really masters at mobilizing their members and building unity among the members. And that's something I think that every labor union member should learn. Um, from from our past and from our history. So my great tribute to Herb, aside from the fact that he was an incredibly generous guy, was that he was really a model union leader. So that's what I have to say. And just one more thing. I, I remember reading this quote that said, 80% of life is showing up. And, and that's what Herb did. He showed up and showed up and showed up for all of us. And Herb, we love you, we miss you, and hope to see you one day. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming on to the Heartland Labor Forum. We heard some really great stories. I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of this, this show. It was a fun show to do. Nice to hear these stories. And uh, appreciate every single one of you. Come, brothers and their sisters, and listen to my rhyme about the Illinois boys who beat the bosses fine. Victory in the union, it fills our hearts with cheer. For the chosen union, there is strength, we just persevere. It's in the month of April when the bosses tried our strength. To break up our fair union, they cut us 10%. Sixteen weeks they tried their best and the wolf was at our door. But we showed them we were union men, both now and evermore. Workers be united, stand together, one for all, for in union lies our strength. Walk and they're reaping what they sowed But the dirty pies must tramp for miles And their shoes well know the road If they would act a manly part All strikes would die away They'd have to do with us as men And we'd all have better pay Come workers be united Stand together one and all For in union lies of strength Boys divided we must fall Union lies of strength
best to every Indian, no matter where they be. They are the poor man's hope and friend in the fight for liberty. Our cause is one throughout the world in Russia, France, and all. So keep the ball rolling, that good old union ball. Workers be united, stand together, one and all. For in union lies of strength, boys divided, we must fall. Union lies of strength, boys divided, we must fall. Union lies of strength, boys divided, we must fall. And that was In Union Lies Our Strength by Bucky Halker and the Complete Unknowns. And this is the Heartland Labor Forum calendar for November 24th, 2022, which you can find posted on our Heartland Labor Forum Facebook page. Stop by the picket line for IBEW 1464 on strike against Wabtec any day, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. This is it. 10707 North Pomona Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri. Take the Tiffany Springs exit from I-29. The UU Forum, the role of regenerative art agriculture in mitigating climate change with Greg Voland. That's Sunday, November 27th, 9.30 a.m. at the Unitarian Universalist Church, 4501 Walnut, KCMO, Conover Hall. For an online link, go to allsoulskc.org and look for the forum. Labor Notes Strategic Stewards a Workshop on Using Grievances to Organize. That's Tuesday, November 29th, 7 to 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. Go to labornotes.org slash events to register. There is a small fee. Missouri Jobs with Justice is having an end-of-the-year party Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. That's at IBEW Local 124, RSVP at MOJWJ.org. And finally, Starbucks Workers United has an organizer position open for the Kansas City area. The job is with the Chicago and Midwest Regional Joint Board of Workers United. For more information, go to unionjobs.com and look for Workers United. You can email us at heartlandlaborforumkkfi at gmail.com. You can volunteer for the Heartland Labor Forum. Give us a call at 816-835-4745. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash heartlandlaborforum. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. Next week on the Heartland Labor Forum, Ellen Cassidy, working 9 to 5 and the UAW's first direct election for president. The Heartland Labor Forum is a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Check out the rich diversity of programming related to workers and unions at laborradionetwork.org. Once again, I'm Stephen Hill. I'm in for Judy Ansel. Stay tuned for the Thursday night special. It's Megan X and Patricia with Rhythm and Soul K-Pop. That's Seoul, Korea, folks. Stay safe out there, everyone.
have been listening to the Heartland Labor Forum, a show by and about workers, our workplaces, and our labor movement. We are radio that talks back to the boss. And you can talk back to us, too. Send us your feedback, your workplace stories, news, and ideas for shows to Heartland Labor Forum, KKFI, at gmail.com. Our website, where we archive shows and post our upcoming ones, is heartlandlaborforum.org. The views expressed on this show are ours and not necessarily those of KKFI or any of the unions involved. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 or to our rebroadcast Friday mornings at 5 right here, 90.1 FM. We still got our pride, cause we are the working class and that's the place to be. No one can deny that